It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys, what's going on? Jeff Mosher here from the Inside the Birds podcast. Listen, I am covering the Eagles on my own independent journalism route on patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jeff Mosher. You're going to get really in-depth coverage. You're going to get all 22 tape breakdowns, previews for games, recaps, scouting reports, inside information, the whole gamut. It'll be very comprehensive Eagles coverage for only $1.99 a month. That's like six cents a day for great coverage you can't beat that also for every 100 subscribers i'm gonna donate ten dollars to the wounded warrior project listen there's no pop-up ads there's no distractions and the content you don't even have to look for it comes straight to you via email patreon.com slash jeff mosher check it out you're listening to the go birds pod a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds The Philadelphia Eagles are back on the field Sunday versus the Carolina Panthers. But are they back to being Super Bowl contenders? Folks, the Eagles are back to 500. They are 3-3 three and three after beating the Giants. It seems like forever ago, but it was last Thursday night, 34-13. And we will discuss whether or not the Eagles are really back to what they were last year. Welcome to Inside the Birds. I'm Jeff Mosher, alongside my friend, my good buddy, Adam Kaplan, <laughs> NFL insider, friend, Eagles insider. You, you have graduated to there. friend level, yeah. yes. Now, Bill, you're not there yet, but uh, you are You are a Wildwood legend. You are a former Pitt Panther and, of course, a former Philadelphia Eagle. Welcome back to our show. Pleasure. Nice Pleasure. to have you. Thank you. Good to see you. Everybody Sorry good? Sorry for the absence, yes. Yeah, no problem. We welcome everybody watching on uh, Facebook Live, Go Birds podcast. We're uh, proud Sponsored, or I'm sorry, proud partners of the Go Birds Network, and uh, we broadcast here from WIP. We'll also be here on Saturday 
from right. the WIP studios where we do our 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock show. Before we get started, if anybody wants to ask a question via Twitter or Facebook Live, please do because we will answer all of Well, many of them. The good ones. Uh, Adam will be the judge of that. JP for our Ask the Insider segment. All right, let's go. Let's get to it, guys. The Eagles are now 3-3. Three and three. They beat the crap out of the Giants. Bill, give me your takeaway from that game. Uh it's more, I think that was a reflection of the Giants being a bad football team. I'm not so much with Debbie Eagles. Downer. And, and keep in mind, this is not usually my, it's not my style. I'm usually a positive guy, but we want the truth. We want the truth. Here's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sold yet. And uh, I think they're going to struggle until they change a few things. Like, Adam, are the birds back, or are there still too many question marks? I, I, hang on. What 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 do they need to change? I, I thought think that, was that the offense needs Sorry. to maybe take a, a little bit of a lesson from uh, the defensive coordinator, and I think that the defensive coordinator did some things in the last couple games that you know uh, I think played into their strengths and kind of gave the offense a little ah. bit of a problem. I think the Eagles' play calling still is going to hurt their offensive line and ultimately possibly get their offensive quarterback. On the side, taking a lot of hits. We, we yeah. have this okay. thing here. Okay. It's on a script, Adam, okay. where we get into some of the where where we make our opening. I, l- I like that. I like that. And then we I get like into that. it. I got so you. Okay. I was going to okay. let Bill okay. expand okay. on that in our next segment. My bad. Until okay. you rudely interrupted. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I liked that. But I liked it. I thought it was good. That was. Right. I haven't seen Bill that fired up. So pretty good. I'll withdraw the flag. The flag's no longer on the play. Hey, when we get Bill fired up, we got to you know we got to we got to push that. We have to we have to poke the bear. Yep. Right. No, but I'm asking you: Are the Eagles back? Or no? But my, the reason why, and Jeff said is we'll get into it later in, in, in the show, the reason is different from what Bill's talking about. I, I just think that uh, you can't think a team is back after one game. It, it, it's, it's, it's not as much as against the Giants. It's just that they had not played at an acceptable level before that. Just because they played their best game of the season doesn't mean that they're all the way back. Uh, you need to see two to three games, pr- probably three, and, they, and we'll get into the Carolina game in a minute, but... I just think that they showed me last week that when they prepare the right way and they don't turn the ball over, which they didn't, they don't have a lot of penalties, which they didn't, they're probably going to be a pretty good football team. But they've got to do it week after week after week. Bill knows as a former player, you have to be consistent. This team has been anything but consistent until that giant game, Jeff. So where do you stand on this thing? Well, I will say this. I don't know if the Eagles are back to the point where, like last year, you just say, they're going to win. They're going to win. But I do know this. Carson Wentz is back. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he looked good when he came back against the Colts. He looked good in the week or two after. But the way he has looked the last two weeks against the Vikings, and then even in a loss, especially in the second half, and then a comeback, and the way he played against the Giants, where he didn't just have it easy. He made a ton of tough throws, including that first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. I am more convinced now that maybe the Eagles aren't what they were last year, but they got a chance to get there pretty quickly if Carson Wentz continues to play like that. First time in his career, not that it's been a long one, that he's had back-to-back games of passer ratings over 115. This kid continues to get better. He makes impressive throws. He's becoming a leader. And I honestly think if you get that kind of a Carson most days, you're going to get a good chance to win. All right, two things Okay, that I want to add here. So you're saying Carson's back. I agree. He was amazing. And typically, you don't want to throw, make that throw when you roll out and then throw it back the other way. Yeah, it's the, the no, throw, no, no, yes. Like, like Mike Gross said, right? That's very funny. 
well, you don't throw across your body like that, but the, it was a power throw, and the accuracy on it was amazing. You just you don't you just typically don't see that. But you know, we had Joe Banner on our Inside the Birds radio show last Saturday. You know, Joe told me two years ago we were working ESPN together. We were. I was just feeling him out with the Eagles roster. He was way more bullish than the Eagles roster was in 16 than I was, and I turned out to be right. Uh, he he just thought that they should have been better than they were. He thought the he thought Howie and their front office did a really good job. And he said one thing that blew me away, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but he did tell me that he thought that Carson Wentz could be a Hall of Famer someday. And I said to him, I go, Joe, this is probably midway through. I said, we're seeing some good stuff for a rookie quarterback. Like, where are you getting this? And he goes, size, arm strength, arm strength, athleticism, intelligence, leadership. He's got everything. He said he didn't really have a weakness. The one weakness, and you just talked about it, is accuracy. Well, guess what? 68% completion rate so far, which is way higher than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Now, it's only a four-game sample, right. but this is a really good sign. And one more thing, and he gets this from Doug, and one of the coaches told me this uh, previously, the fearlessness that he has. The reason why he halts on the ball a little bit longer than you'd like he wants to make the play. He's not going to check down. He's not a check down quarterback. He's a throw it downfield. He throws with anticipation. This is a special player. And coaching has helped, certainly. I know we were getting on the coaches a little bit previously. Yeah. It's not a coaching issue. It's just a matter of, I think you outlined it pretty well. The more he plays, the better he's going to be. And I thought you set it up very well. He's back. Yeah, he's, he's back. back. You know, when he came out of college, Bill, um, and, I, and I watched him play, and I kind of talked to people about what his skill set is, the the com I guess the the guy who I felt that people were saying he reminds them of without them actually saying it was Ben Roethlisberger because he's a tall guy but he's also mobile but he's not necessarily you know Russell Wilson speed he just uses his mobility and his strong arm and the way he keeps his eyes upfield the way Ben does but the more I watch him. And Ben's a great quarterback, but I, I almost see like a hybrid, I guess, between Ben and I'm going to take it a step further in and Aaron Rodgers because of that kind of – I think he's actually – he makes more plays happen with his ability to get out of the pocket than even Ben does. Yeah, he, he extends the play. He, he's dangerous when he's outside of his pocket as well as he's in. You know, a lot of times teams will say, keep him in the pocket, or they'll say, flush him out of the pocket <laughs> with him. You can have you take your pill, take the pill, take your poison because when he's outside the pocket, he's dangerous, and if he's inside the pocket, he's dangerous. Bill, I want to add something to what you just said. So, a couple years ago, you might have been there at an OTA practice. This was his first year. He was okay throwing the ball on the run. Last year, 17 OTAs before the season started, I was blown away. I could not believe how well he threw on the run. I don't know what they did with him last year to get him to be able to throw that way, but the jump that he made and quarterbacks look if they get flushed out. There are a few quarterbacks other than Rodgers. Rodgers, if you saw the Monday night game, he's thrown on one leg mm-hmm. with his MCL sprain. There are a few quarterbacks who could do what Wentz does right now. This guy, I mean, it's amazing. The, guy, the guy's coming off a, a extremely significant injury. Other than the knee brace, you cannot tell right now, okay, right now, that he, he had ACL reconstruction. It's just amazing. He's played 34 career games, something like that. It's, un- yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Hey, see, it feels like he's been here forever, yep. but and it's amazing how fast he's come along. Was Sam Bradford here before? my <laughs> friends, is why I'm concerned. Okay. That's why I'm concerned. Because up to the last game, they were playing okay on special teams. They were up and down on defense. Last week, I think they played pretty darn good on defense. They took away a lot of shots down the field, made them completely done. Now, of course... We had a little guy on the other team run for 100 and catch 100, and that's a little bit of a problem. But between the 20s, that was one thing. Once they got in the red zone, they were really buttoned up. They didn't give up any big gashing plays as far as the passing game besides the one that they had. And it was a little screen pass. They just made a bunch of tackles, uh, guys miss. But, and their, and their special teams played good. 
But their offense, to me, is the play callers are just relying so much, so much on Carson, so much on the pass, so much on things that he gets hit so often and he doesn't, they don't do things really to help out the offensive line. That's my concern. My concern is he's going to get banged up. And then when you count on a guy so much, all of a sudden that's a big hole ripped out of your team. But if he can stay in there and he can play and he can play like that, then they got a shot each week. I'm just concerned about the play calling and getting too many hits. I feel like I'm in the middle with what Bill has said for the last few weeks mm-hmm. and what what the Eagles do. I don't think, and I don't. Th- I'm not suggesting Bill is saying this. I'm going to try to marry the two concepts here. I don't think they pass too much. I think when they lose, it seems that way. I think they pass a little bit too much out with just five man protections. I, I, I've been paying more attention to this than ever. That's, same philosophy in the read, Jeff. It same is. Thing. It is, but. So the Patriots, right, they have a fullback still. They go too tight end a lot, and they run from under center a lot. They do um, a lot of shotgun, though. The, 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 the Packers the other night, can't tell you how many times they were out there with multiple tight ends, and, and Aaron will be under center. It seems to me, and I don't have the, the results in front of me, and I'll, I'll try to look this up, I would bet, be willing to bet that no team – Passes more out of only five man protections than the Eagles. That, do you Might think be right. Yeah, I think it sounds fair. Uh, and with beat up offensive yeah. tackles, I kind of see Bill's point I, on, I, on the right. lack of protection. And, and, and I hear you. Here's the thing. So, it just I'm going to make my more, two things. Number one, mm-hmm. the stat over fifteen. Does that ring about anybody? The Giants going into halftime <laughs> were zero for fifteen on third down. I hear that's not good in the that's first the, half. That's not good. No, in the game before and that game, the previous three, the previous twelve quarters, they were zero for fifteen on third down in the first half. First half. Okay, that's so. I'm saying when I looked at the Eagles yeah. first half. Second half, the Giants quit. In my opinion, the Giants quit. So I just looked at the first half, the offense. First, first touchdown. Was off uh, was short field seven points off of off of an interception right right second one off of a long punt return short field third one third and three busted coverage wide receiver got loose big play mm-hmm. so they in essence had a five play drive touchdown fourth possession off of another punt return short field I'm sorry fourth scoring play field goal every other time they had to start at the twenty they had a punt. The Eagles, you're talking about, Eagles. right? Right. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like a pitcher in the seventh inning with a five run lead. It's very easy to throw a game when you're up five runs. When you're in the eighth inning, it's a one run game. It's totally different. It's the same thing as a play caller. When you're at, when you're, you know, inside the ten or inside the twenty or long field, it's a much different game to call. When you're on the plus side or in the fifty short field, much easier game to call. And all I'm saying is. What they're doing with the long field doesn't, to me, sustain success, and it's taken a lot of hits and a lot of toll on Carson and on offensive line. That's what I'm saying. That's interesting, you know. And obviously, this is inside the birds, we're getting inside. So, by the way, go. well, that that would explain why he Bill doesn't think that the Giants are that really that good because you gave the numbers how bad they are in third down, yeah. and it, it sounds like you don't think the Eagles were challenged all that much. I don't. I don't. I don't think they were. Now, I think that they did a good job defensively. I think they did a real nice job defensively. Down the field, taking away the big play. They basically said, you're not going to beat us deep. We're not going to be a beat by Manning. We're not going to get beat by the wide receivers. Run the ball you want. I don't care. Run it. We'll, we'll, and inside the 20s, we're going to tighten up. And that's what they did. They came Bend up, it, they don't pressed. break. Yeah, yeah. they bend it, don't break. Right. They played really well. Your credibility is just lost with me because I told everybody before this podcast started to turn their phones off and yours just rang. Is that mine? Yeah, yeah. I'm call- listen. I'm I call people out on this podcast. I love it. I love all right, it. except for myself yeah. because I don't yeah. have to. Right, yeah. well, that's part of the, got the fresh cut. Being you know, a quarterback, Adam's going to keep you. He's going to keep you in line. No. Uh, to Bill's point, though, I, I, and, and this was part of the the wonderful symbiosis between the offense and the defense last year is that the defense created so many turnovers yeah. last year that the offense really did work with a lot of favorable field positions. 
And even when they had to go a long distance, they were able to do it knowing that their defense was going to come on the field. It's weird because the defense right now, it's been a top 10 defense. It's still lacking that that turnover created. You saw a little bit of it. You know, it's starting to come alive here. Uh, second half against the Vikings, they got that lateral. And then obviously, first series of the game. First last series week. against sure. the Giants. Okay. It's starting to come around, but I feel like it's got to come around a little bit more. You know, it's interesting. You you brought up on our show here maybe two or three weeks ago that the Eagles are still getting a lot of hits on the quarterback, but they're not finishing. That's the issue. They're just a hair off. They're not quite getting there. So maybe this last game was the start of it. And the big thing is the Eagles did not turn the ball over for the first time uh, in a game, I think, this season. So That's right. That is a big thing. And, and you know what's interesting is because on a short week, Doug Peterson was asked that in his press conference. And, you know, how much could you really correct? Well, whatever they did has helped. And it's sometimes it's mind over matter. Just just carry out your assignment well. And the mental errors with this football team this season, that's been the big issue. So I think they righted that. I think they're, I think they're on their way to becoming better. Mm-hmm. But to, when we set the show up, they're not there yet. You need to do this over consecutive weeks. And this 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 challenge here with the Panthers, they're a much better football team, coming off of a tough, tough loss, no question about it. And you saw what happened the week before that. Graham Gano hits that huge field goal. Sure. Uh, and the, ironically, the Giants should have beaten them. It's funny how things work out. Let's tip our hat a little bit to Jim Schwartz because I I, while we just, or at least you know me and Bill, and I, I feel like you're, you're on this too, that, well, we can say Doug Peterson – is a brilliant play caller, but it seems like he's putting his offense in jeopardy with all these five-man protections a lot. I credit Jim Schwartz for going into that game against the Giants and saying, you know what, my base defense is usually one safety high. I've been giving up some big plays this year. I'm going to play two safeties deep a lot more this game than I have before. And that, to me, was the biggest thing. It wasn't just that. It was two safeties, and you saw your cornerbacks up against those giant wide receivers. How many times have you looked and saw the Eagles give up a, a, a really quick six, seven, or eight yard pass, and the defensive line, which is getting the rush, not being able to hit home because that quarterback's just getting the ball out, getting the ball out. That plan against the Giants was to play protect the corners with two safeties deep and get those cornerbacks up against those wide receivers, which gave the defensive line that split second more, and then they go and get four sacks. Well, you know, my perspective of that is that as a receiver, it's the most frustrating defense to play against because when you get out in the line of scrimmage, you come up and you say. Man-to-man covers, and you start salivating. You're like, I love it because all I got to beat is you. Right. And then I can, then, then the band get, you know, get point to the director and say, get ready, the fight's on because we're going to be in the end zone in about three plays, <laughs> or we're going to be in. But now all of a sudden you say, oh no, they just put cover over top. So now, now you start thinking you're going to get killed because now you beat the bump coverage and you get you get off press and you either get the fade route or you get the long route and now they got to fit it in there and then the safety's coming off the hash is going to light you up. So now everything becomes different. So what they did, in my opinion, they really frustrated the wide receivers. They chucked them, they rode them, they rode them down the field, and then they took away the deep threat. So Manning sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, looking at a check it down. He's completed seventy percent of his passes, but none of them were the gashes, the long passes, right? You know, and Adam, we talk about the NFL. These are these explosive plays. They really they're not getting them this guys. season. They're not getting with Beckham. Their, their offense is compressive. By the way, they didn't have Evan Ingram, their outstanding tight end, exactly. who had an MCL sprain. So the Eagles got a break, and he may play this week. In fact, he probably will. But um, look, bottom line is good win for them. They're back on a regular schedule this week. I think will help get continuity going. Then the following week, they're in England. So and then they have their bye. So they've got two important games here. Right. So obviously the. The Panthers game it takes on equal importance. Want to get over 500, but they're still dealing with a ton of injuries. Adam, let's go through some of the injuries and mm-hmm. f- hear what you know about it. I mean, let's just start with 
with um, the defensive line or the offensive line. Well, again, they're talking about maybe coming back soon. I, 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 I'm, I I'm with that. you. I'm yeah. kind of like, eh. I mean, he's no, got no, no condition. He, he had mean, back surgery. He, yeah. it, I mean, did, here's what I know. I talked to someone close to him. He said, look, if he could play by Thanksgiving, great. Right. Now, t- in terms of practice, they'll have – because he has not practiced with the team since last since the Super Bowl, he's going to need like three. He's going to need the full twenty one days. He's going to need time, you know, to get back and get in condition in terms of game condition and practice condition. So that that's not the issue. By the way, Destiny Vallejo went on injury reserve today. He did pass through waivers. He on hurt claim. his quad against the Giants. Is that what it was? That's okay, it was what a quadriceps. I, that's what I was okay, told, yeah. okay. So and by the way, these fans are saying something to me like, "Oh, well, they shouldn't have cut him. He had an injury." Yeah, and you, you can't. They wait. They wait, he's not vested, so they he had to be waived. I also yeah. well, will add to that that yeah. the team likes what they've gotten so far in Trayvon Hester. He, I was going to get to him. He's been an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Former seventh round pick of the Raiders, and goodness gracious, I don't know why they got rid of him. Uh, they could no, use because they're the Raiders. Well, That's you know, they, look, this kid he, right now. Hey, by the way, right now he's their third tackle. Yeah, third defensive tackle. The guy yeah. just got here two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it's amazing, and you know, coaching's important here, mm-hmm. and the fact that they they could get a guy, Bill, that just got here. And he's he's been a flash player. How does that happen? It's it's uh, you know it's what does it say? Uh, one person's uh, one man's junk uh, one is another man's, 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 man's treasure. Same thing on the. But NFL. but how do you get a guy ready so quickly to be a factor? I mean, in, in the time that, that, that I'm told, and the tape that he has yeah. on the field is really good in the limited time. So. How does that happen? My opinion is yeah. that there's somebody, and I don't know this, which is something you and I could check out, but there's somebody in the scouting department, somebody in the coaching department that has played with him, that has got him from high school, that drafted him in, or uh, got recruited him in college, that played with him in college, played against him, had him somewhere that they were able to see this, but nobody else could see, mm. and then also know his strengths and be able to fit him in there. Yeah. That's my opinion. Good Without, at the risk of making this sound like way too easy, um, you know, Jim, Jim Schwartz is. Scheme and that. is and see quarterback, that get quarterback, right? I mean, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. So, I mean, so, so but they like, he but, might have played in a one-gap scheme before, um, and they might have seen that. Well, Paul Gunther's defense in Oakland, okay, right. the, the, where, uh, you know, Gunther's new there, but... That's a one-gap, isn't it? Yes, they actually... I'm told, Cincinnati like, I'm told uh, they actually yeah, run a little wide and, nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one runs wide nine like Schwartz. Yeah. I mean, they play the most snaps of that, but ne- nevertheless, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great addition. So, uh, the big one is obviously Jason Peters. We need, we need to start with that. Um, I think you and I have similar information. We heard he was going to play pretty fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing now I didn't know he was going to play this week. <laughs> I, I, the person I spoke to didn't mention this week. He was limited on Wednesday, but he's going to play. I yeah. mean, it's um. So, so, Jeff, what could you tell us about the information you gathered on bicep injuries? Yeah, so I spoke to two guys uh, who have had a bicep injury who played for the Eagles uh, recently, Todd Harriman's mm-hmm. and Brent Selleck, and I also spoke to a an NFL head trainer. And to get to the your point on Peters returning to practice, the the the, the lack of information on Peters' injury was really difficult to understand what was going on yeah. because the trainer told me that if the tear is in a certain part of the bicep, which is closer to the shoulder and away from the elbow, right, if it's there, you don't even have to miss time. Okay, he said it's not that bad of a deal. You can play through it. And then I happened to speak to Brent Selleck, who basically told me, and I don't think anybody ever knew this. He never, he was never on an injury report. He never came out. He never even had surgery to treat it. But he tore his ACL in 2010 and played the, I'm sorry, his, not his ACL. Biceps. He tore his bicep stand in, in wow. 2010 yep. and played the last seven years of his career. Only missed one game in his whole career was because of concussion. He said he's got a mark. That you can see. Oh, God. He actually said it's kind of a pretty Jeez. cool looking mark. Right? <laughs> of course. That's that typical sounds, oh right? God, but he said actually he was having shoulder he was having a shoulder pain, severe shoulder pain before the injury, so that when he did tear the bicep tendon, it 
it alleviated the oh shoulder pain. Oh my god! Pain. It wow. actually made it better for him. Wow. But then I spoke to Todd Harriman, who tore yeah. his uh, bicep tendon. And I forget what year it was. 2015, I think. Yeah, second I re- year. Of I remember. Chip. I reported that. Now yeah. he, it was a bad tear. His was near the elbow. And you remember? You know what? He, did he tell you wanted to play? Did yeah. He he did, well, he played the next it's week. Crazy, but then he sprained right. his ankle, so he said, uh, "Quote f this, I'm coming out." Well, so. but but then I think didn't it give later in the season or something like that? It, well, he had surgery. After yeah, that. yeah. He didn't play yeah, again that okay. season. But so uh, it sounds like with Jason Peters, he ha- he <sighs> suffered the tear at the place where it's the least inconvenient for you to be able to well, do your job. Do, do you hear that? Do you hear prayer? I mean, I see, actually, you know what? You can't really hear praying. But if, <laughs> if you were, if you were able to like feel people's energy. That is everybody at the Nova Care Center and Carson Wentz initially leading the prayers saying, please, please, Jason, please suit up this weekend. Because his backup is is Big V. Yeah, Big V is not playing well. No, and Jason is struggling. He's not playing. No, that's the other issue. Right. We are used to him playing, but he's definitely better than Big V, or at least the way Big V's been playing this season. Okay. I know he's got some potential, but he hasn't played right. that well. You know, I, I've gone back and watched a lot some of the games, mm-hmm. and, and we do judge offensive tackles unfairly in that, and this is not new, it's the old adage, but I, I like Jason struggled against Olivier Vernon on that first drive against the Giants. He he gave up two pressures on the first Giants' first real possession, not the pick, the first, you know, first full possession. And all your, your first thought is to say, here, here he is again, he's playing poorly. But then, you know, from that point on until he left in the third quarter, Carson really wasn't hit too much. So it's, and it's been like that every game where you pick two or three plays where Jason got abused that you're not normally used to seeing it. Or a penalty. Or a penalty. But then you forget about the 45 other snaps where he really dominated. It's true. You're taking it for granted. But it it, it goes to show you both. One, that he's still a pretty good player. But two, he is getting beat at times or playing poorly in a way that we haven't seen. And I think that we've finally really are starting to see the end of Jason. I'd be shocked if he was a starting left tackle for this team next year. I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. For me, and, and the thing is, you're not used to Jason Peters getting bull rushed. Right. I mean, if you're going to get beat, he's going to get beat off a twist or a Wow, he got bull rushed, huh? But he yeah. got bull rushed. Really? Yeah. And, and maybe that's wow. his bicep because when you're when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're setting inside with it. And, you're getting, and you're pressing outside yeah. and you're trying to win inside, maybe when he did that, he just didn't have the strength. But when he got back on his heels and he got bull rushed into the quarterback, that shocked me because nobody bull rushes Jason Peters. That's correct. You so know, maybe Strahan back in the so, so Jeff and you were just talking about Peters. You know, he can't be he can't he won't be back next year. I don't see it. It's not, yeah. I'm not reporting this. This is an opinion. Right. The reason is very simple. He's not the same player. You can't keep paying high cap numbers. They're going to want to get Wentz's deal done after the season. They can. They'll be able to do it after right. the Eagles are done playing. So um, I, I can't see it. But here's a good thing for the Eagles. They've got. I looked at actually look it up before the show. Um, they've got. Eight draft picks, absolutely for sure. They've got seven plus one. They've they've Baltimore's. The seventh round pick has got to be resolved. There's some trade. There are a bunch of trades that happen with it, but the fact of the matter is they've seven plus one plus whatever compensatories they get. They could have as many as ten or eleven picks. Yeah. They, they, and this is not the show we're going to do. We'll we'll talk about this in December. But the bottom line is they've got a lot of players that they've got to replace. We've talked about Rodney McLeod and the older players, so it, it's good. And we've got the trade deadline coming up in two weeks. They're going to be very ju- judicious, as it was explained to me, with these draft picks because they know they have a lot of work to do. And, so, and and that's good, and that's yeah, that's kind yeah. of the formula that yeah. the teams like the Packers and the the Ravens use. You know, they use those; they find starters out of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, the secondary we haven't talked about, but they're as beat up 
as any other part. And now you've got Sidney Jones out for yeah, quite a while. Yeah. So it looks like you've got Avante Maddox playing safety, where he's never played before. Bill, I'll get you on that in a second. He's probably going to have to move back to Nickelback without Sidney Jones there. And that means Rasul Douglas, who never really, really, truly played safety in college, he says he, he did. Plays. He you know, says he, he, yeah, he probably yeah. practiced at it, but he said I, it on Twitter. Actually, he listen, responded I trust to John Barchard, yeah. the, you know, the producer of this yeah. podcast, and he says he looked it up and saw no snaps yeah. from safety for this kid in college. Anyway, so whatever. Yeah, but and plus they play a funky defense too, West Virginia, don't they? Don't they? What, what's and the name a of funky their defense? Do yeah. they have a, spe- a name? No, you play. You, you've seen there. What's the cover? Virginia Tech or yeah. West Virginia? No, no, West Virginia. Don't play a funky style defense. I know Virginia Tech plays. Maybe I'm getting confused with Virginia Tech, but either way. Either way. I think they still stick with a 425. The 425. Okay. That, that is funky. Yeah. All right. That, that, a little that, funky. That is, that, yeah. not, not as crazy as I thought. But right. um, so, where do they. Uh, this is really. I don't want to call it catastrophic, but this is certainly not a, a picture that they saw going into okay. the year. Two guys playing out of place. Yeah. Well, just one thing, you know, and, and this is just my opinion or you say uh, perspective is that when you're playing cover two a lot more than uh, cover man with a free height, and a lot of times when you're a man, you play press and you flip and you run. Right. So that means you're not totally involved in the run game. When you play cover two, you're expected to, to be in the run game. So little guys don't like hitting and they don't like getting hit. And when you practice that and get hit, and a lot of times they don't get hit, but you're still involved in the running game, a lot of that could just be attrition because they're not used to being up on the line of scrimmage and taking on these fullbacks, taking on these counters, taking on these running backs because a lot of times they've been flipping and running and that's been left to the linebacker scraping or the wide nine. But mm-hmm. in this cover two, you're expected to play run support. And a lot of times that brings corners up. So, you know, you just talked about the wide nine. The reason why it didn't work under Washburn is because they didn't tackle. They were awful tackling. Here, Schwartz's guys tackle because the wide nine will not work unless the DBs. This is what you explained to me. Yep. The, the DBs have to tackle. And they're, but to they're, his point now, yeah. when you have Rasul Douglas playing one of the two safety spots, don't you per se have to be now pre- – you can't have Rasul Douglas coming into the box to be a box safety. So you either have to be a cover two team that is a little bit softer there at, as far as tackling, or you have to bring Malcolm as your only box safety and be predictable in that manner. Well, and, that, and that's a good point because here's the thing. When you're playing cover two, your safeties – are in the hash. Yeah. They're, they're up top. And if they're in run support, they're flying up there, but they're not the first guys usually unless they get into the second level. Right. When you're in cover one, you're in cover three, then the strong safety's down, and Malcolm's in very much involved in the run game because he's, Oh, he's in box so yeah, much. So, I mean, you can so, see him line up. So, so injury-wise, yep. as Jeff said, City Jones, he's not playing this week. He might be out a while. Corey Graham's not expected to play, uh, so that's why they're really thin at safety. And by the way, they did work out a couple safeties this week. Right. Uh, Quentin Rollins, who was drafted by the Packers at the second round as a corner, they actually moved him to safety his last year. The Eagles worked him out as a safety. And they also worked out a Philly native, Aubrey, uh, Abraham Campbell, uh, Abraham Campbell yeah. a former fourth rounder, uh, who went to, did he go Minnesota. to Chestnut Hill? Yeah, he was from Chestnut, Chestnut Hill. Chestnut Hill Academy, who went to, did he go to, uh, no, he went to Northwestern. Northwestern, Northwestern. I'm sorry. Yeah, Same conference, right. though. Yeah. Uh, he's a former fourth rounder. purple. <laughs> Rollins would be more of a free safety. He's not a box player. Right. Um, underachiever. Should have been way better because he was drafted high. Just never worked. Yeah. Uh, he was wave injured and then they, they, they reach injury settlement. So he worked out. You know, as I've been saying on this podcast, it's hard to find safeties. Yeah. And they finally worked a couple guys out. Um, and by the way, I was I, I have a good feeling Haloti Nada will be able to play. I know he's only practically okay. limited, but I've, I've, I've got the sense okay. from, uh, that he's okay. going to be able to play on. Something. Yeah, good because Doug didn't want to get out there. He's like, I'm not going to get. Well, yeah, guy, look, you got. I mean, big huge secret. So um, you have no defensive tackles. Huge secret. Couple things. Carson Wentz was added to the injury report with a back. He's playing. That's that's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, Darren Sproles. Okay, the Mr. and Darren Sproles. I'm told he's got a fairly significant hamstring strain, uh, somewhere around a grade two. That's typically a four to six week recovery. So I'll put him in the timeline. He's very close to coming back. Uh, he's not going to be this week. I don't know what their plan is because they're going away. You know, they're going overseas. So I don't know what what that entails. Uh, whether they would bring him back to practice fully next week, but he's close. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, Lane Johnson. Okay, so this is really interesting. So. We all know he has a high ankle sprain. Yes. Uh, talked to someone close to before the game said, I don't think it's going to happen. He's in pain. Um, you know how tough he is, tough-minded. I don't know how he did it. I don't know. This, this guy is so tough. We all know Lane. He, he's incredible. Um, he cares so much about character and resiliency, and, sh- and, and he wants to be there for his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, for, based on what he had to deal with. He played fairly well. You know, it's it's, it's funny. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> it's funny. We were talking about Doug and, and protecting his guys, right? I, I'm going through the tape today, again, watching the running game, and I, I could count not too many plays, but three or four where they run a zone with either Lane, and, and they may be one of the few teams that does this, which is pull your tackles mm-hmm. up the middle, right? Oh, where they, Both yep. Lane and Jay Peter. I'm like, yep. he's taking his two most beat up linemen and just running them as the lead block. I love it too because when they're on, when you're uncovered, they're like, you know what? Instead of going up the second level, let's lead them up there, like because they don't have a fullback. Right. So you, that's right. You know, that's, that's right. That's right. All right. So normally, that's we yeah. would also talk about in this in segment because it's on everybody's mind. Who are the Eagles going to get? They just did cap space with Fletcher Cox. I think you know we've They're addressed ten point three million under the cap. By the way, all the names are the names, yeah. and I think Adam, you said it best that we're still what two, two weeks, weeks away? just about two weeks. So yeah. there's not going to be a whole lot right now to talk. about. No, no, the, 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 enough of the Bell stuff. I mean, we 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 dealt with it like three <laughs> weeks ago. It's not happening. It never was going to happen. Um, uh, after the deadline's over, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. But right. um, you know, Shady McCoy, we'll talk more about next week. Um, my, I talked to two teams today. They think the Bills won too much. Uh, the Bills are this; they're not out of the playoffs. Yes, they're starting Derek uh, Anderson. They're they're just they would like to keep McCoy. Is my sense right? Um, is he available? Absolutely. But I, I just don't think that they're to the point now. They want to unload him like like the Raiders want to load half the roster. Like the Raiders want, they're going to flip that. If the Raiders could trade five players in two weeks, they'll trade five players. Yeah, if they could find teams that want them. Only the prob- good ones, though. That's the problem. <laughs> they don't have a lot of trade value. Right. McCoy absolutely has trade value, but the, the, I think the Bills have to get realistic in what they're asking for. So nothing really. The urgency is uh, Andrew Brand. I love that line. Is um, uh, what's the line he has about um, uh, deadlines? Uh, spur action. Spur action. Deadline spur action. Uh, unless yeah. they have something. Yeah. It was some years of the trade deadline. There's nothing. This is not like the NBA trade yeah, deadline. Like it was just crazy. It's not like the NBA, but yeah. every once in a while, there are like five or six trades that go down. Uh, and these younger general managers, kind of the word around the league is that they're way more aggressive. Um, guys in their 30s, early early to mid 40s, they're a little bit more broad thinking, and they're they're more willing to do stuff. Like last year, when the Eagles, and we'll talk more about this next week, but uh, the Eagles were not looking for JGI. The Dolphins found the Eagles, and right. they they called every team. They, Adam Gase wanted him off the roster, and you know what? They had leverage, and they only kept a fourth-round pick. What a great trade. Yeah. Um, moving forward with the Panthers, I want to go to the All-22 segment because we just – this segues perfectly because obviously they're beat up in the secondary. They played a lot of cover two, more cover two than normal against the Giants. Bill, what did you see on tape specifically? Go, th- go through a sequence that you saw. You wanted to talk about a sequence that you saw against the Giants that worked really well, and then we'll see if that can translate against the Panthers as well. Well, I give, you know, we all think very highly of Coach Schwartz, and and watching the defense, I have a whole, even another level of appreciation for him, because sometimes guys are very stubborn. 
I like <laughs> yes. the way you Sometimes Jim Schwartz is very stubborn. This is true, too. Yeah. <laughs> Giving up too much space, That's yes. Right, exactly. And <laughs> I just think that he's done some things over the last couple games that just – you can just see he's a genius in some aspects. And he puts his players in the right spots, and he's he's not trying to stick a square peg into a round hole. He's 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 evolving as he's evolving during the season, even sometimes at halftime, which I love to see coaches make adjustments, especially at halftime. And usually the good ones do that, or aren't afraid to do it either. They trust their players. And uh, what I saw him do this week is say, you know what, these guys have some good receivers. Our guys are a little banged up. Let's not put him on an island as much. Let's not let's let's not let Manning beat us. So what he did, he went out there and he tried to disguise it a lot. And if you look at the plays that we saw, and it was starting with in the second quarter with about eleven or twelve minutes ago, it was first and ten. They throw a pass out to uh, um, you know their 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 I guess you could say their malcontent out there on the left side Beckham, and the Eagles are showing cover two, but then they come up and they go bump. They come up, they make a great tackle at the line of scrimmage. Really just got it. It's second now and long. They try and do another pass. Now they go trips or slot to the right side of the field. They try the same thing on the line of scrimmage. Eagles come up. They're in cover two. They can make a great tackle at the line of scrimmage. Now it's third and 16. So wait, they just did the same exact formation, but on the other side of but, the field? But, but they went for first time it was trips, and uh-huh. then that time it was slot. Oh, okay. So the Eagles had to come out. It looked like it was cover. They, they almost disguised it to make it look like it was cover three, which is three deep. And right. it really was cover two. But they did such a great job with Malcolm Jenkins. He's the one who really showed everything and disguised it. Hmm. Then on third down, it's third and 16. So what do they do? They said, you know what? We're not going to bump. We're not going to do it. They took their safeties and their and their corner, and they played them 15 yards deep and said, you're not getting behind us. Yeah. And what they did is they had to dump it, and they, and they said, okay, they come up, and they made a tackle. They ran a little uh, screen pass to the running back. Who, I, you know, I guess they didn't watch tape of the Titans being able to convert <laughs> against on uh, a third and 15. Fourth and 16. Exact, well, yeah. Fourth and 16 yeah. the same way, because you're right. They just dumped it. Yeah, dumped uh, it. They, they should have thrown it at the sticks. All right, good stuff. So Thanks, Good Bill. job by the defense. Definitely. All right, we're going to go into our Ask an Insider segment here. So we'll take a few questions uh, before we finish up tonight from our Facebook Live audience or Twitter audience. I believe John Barchard is going to be uh, well, first of all, the moderator. The, the, moment, the moment that Adam Kaplan mentions one of my 2015 draft crushes is even though he's terrible and he, and he played poorly with the Packers, I still got excited. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> You're a big Quinn Rollins. Oh, my yeah. God. God, I love okay. him coming out. It was, it was, okay. uh, he was why a, did he like him, though? I wonder why. Because he was such a freak athlete yeah. that you can mold into anything. His highlight okay. tape was okay. really impressive. thought he was going to be a Draft Drafted athlete, not a football player. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very true. Ryan Shepard. Wants to Maybe know, though, he will be a footballer, but could know. you see uh, the Eagles making a move despite uh, for, or not making a move to, uh, freeing, uh, despite freeing the cap space? Uh, and if you do see and making an impact trade, what would it be at this point? It's a good question, Adam, because some people have um, assumed that maybe not the cap space, <laughs> if no one's available, that they use the cap space, though, for an extension now. Who could they? Uh, they can't do Carson until after the season's over. No, they could okay. do Hicks. Yeah. They're not going to do his eye, obviously. Sure. They could do Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and they could do sure, Darby. Sure, you, you know the word in uh, the word in the league is that you need at least seven to ten million just to operate because you want to potentially extend. You want to sign street free agents. Mm-hmm. It's hard to operate when they only have four million dollars under cap. It's but just now hard, eight, right? Yeah, they're actually over ten. Ten point ten. According to NFLPA records, about so 10. if they 3 get nobody, million. could you see them giving Darby or Hicks an extension? They might. Sure, sure. They, they love Hicks. I mean, they, yeah. yeah. And Nelson Nelson's yard per catch average is a little, this really dropped for whatever reason. Well, almost by three yards. A little bit after the three for ninety five. Yeah, it's funny. Doug brought that up about the scramble, but yep. but yeah, yeah I I, th- I could see that, but um. The number one, as we speak here, the number one issue now is, is explosiveness on offense. They sure. need, barely need, I'm not backing off this, a, a 
and Mike Wallace could have done this, and you, you could say all you want about Mike Wallace and how inconsistent he is, and he would have caught a lot of passes. They have no one who can get deep. They have no natural separators. Uh, and the fact is, when you're, using, when you're using Jordan Matthews on the outside, does that tell you everything? He's not an, he's an inside yeah, player. It, tell, it definitely tells you yeah. everything. Next question. Uh, Casey Young actually wants to know, why don't the Eagles trust DeAndre Hall at safety yet? Yeah, well, I don't know. A, Bill, I, uh, yeah. that's good for you why because they, they they, they've had this guy in, on the, the roster for weeks. He's a safety with a cornerback pedigree. So why are they playing Rasul Douglas there when they brought in a guy who's played safety and they've had him since the, the waiver, you know, the the, the cutdown deadline, basically. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he's not picking up the defense mentally. Exactly. Because you know, he'd be in then. Yeah, he'd yeah. be in, right? Because right. physically and experience-wise, he seems to be perfect fit, but just mentally it seems like so, he's so, like, so, not So, okay. Busy. So, Bill, you know as a player, if you don't do it in practice, you don't get in. So that's why, by the way, I'm told on Shelton Gibson, that's why he's not playing a lot. It's carrying out his assignment the way he's taught it. Yeah, he's a terrible um, route runner. He's just not. It's just not getting done. Yeah. Because boy, do they. He quite frankly, he's, the, if, he's what they need. If he carried over fifty percent of what he did in the preseason, they're not doing anything at receiver. They don't. They, they just don't have anyone who could get deep. And you know, running back again. will will as as more information develops. They their opinion on what they need might be different than others. Right. You know. I don't. I. But I think everyone associated with it knows that if they don't get anyone who can get downfield, it. It makes it so much easier to cover. Sure. And they're, they're, if you look at the the yards per pass attempt, what Carson's getting done is pretty good. It's way better than Foles, but it's not where it needs to be. So, so to sum it up right now, they'd need a playmaker in the worst way. What else? And then uh, last one from our good friend Keith Will, who always joins us pretty much every uh, every time you guys We like that. Keith? Uh, do you think Peters finishes the season? Oh, man, that's kind of like a, uh, you know, does he or don't it? It's <laughs> funny that he just said that. All I was going to say is in my notes at the end, I was going to say that my prediction is Peters won't finish the game. But now it doesn't mean the, he won't come back. The season. No, this was just the game. We're oh, oh, about, you know, right. what we're going to our prediction for his scores. Yeah. That's one of my things. I don't think Peters is going to finish the game. But as far as the, the season, it, I mean, he's going to have a break of rest. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be tough. Hopefully he doesn't. He can finish it with the bicep. Hopefully there's nothing lower body. Right. I tell you, if I if I were a betting man and the odds were you know like something like seventy thirty that he'll finish, I wouldn't bet the seventy that he finishes. I would, I, I would, I would also take that bet. <laughs> I would add that they took the quadriceps off the injury report, so that's a good thing. That's that is a good thing. thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see if he could last. But man, the quad was bothering him. It clearly impacted his play. Now it's got the biceps. And let me ask you though, yeah. in light of Brent Selleck playing almost his entire career with a torn bicep and never being on the injury Amazing. report, do, do you really take the injury report into? Yeah, but oh, hang on there. When did he? When did he? I, I, when did he injure it? The biceps. Is in the off season? Yeah. No, well, no, 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 no. Was it in no, season? During the season. Against, oh, okay. I didn't against know that. Uh, Houston, Texas. Wow. Here. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Amazing. Right. That is it for our Ask an Insider segment. So we thank everybody for who uh, submitted questions, and of course we'll do that again next Wednesday when we're here at eight o'clock, and of course we will be on Saturday WIP. So if you didn't get a chance to have your question asked, give us a call. Here at the WIP studio, Saturday, 3 o'clock, we'll be doing the Inside the Birds radio. Um, we're going to end this thing on a, on a quick funny story, fuzzy memories. Yes. Can I turn to tell a story? Sure, please do. Uh, have I ever told you guys about the time that I texted Howie Roseman about aloe juice? What? No. Aloe juice? So, yeah. So, uh, oh, was it correct? One day, <laughs> the wife uh, asked me to go to Whole Foods, one yeah. of your favorite places, yes. to get some aloe juice. I don't know what aloe juice is at the point. I still don't. I had no idea. And so I couldn't find it in Whole Foods because Whole Foods, for people who don't go to Whole Foods very often, is like a labyrinth. It's like a maze of things that you've uh, never seen in your life. 
And so I whipped out the phone and I said, where can I find this aloe juice? My wife's name is Rose. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, I text Howie Roseman That's really so great. quickly That's instead so of my wife. So I get this uh. response back and it says, aloe juice, what are you talking about? And now I'm mad. Because I'm thinking she knows. What oh no, She's God! You thought of that? How is your wife? That's no. so great. But then I quickly, <laughs> before I sent an angry response, I realized that I sent the text message to Howie Roseman and not my wife Rose. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. That's funny. I saw Howie so, the next day, and he you, actually said, "I thought Jeff, you were texting me in some kind of code." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And man. He's like, and I didn't know how to respond to that. Didn't that's you so great. So that's the next. That's day. funny. It was almost as good as the time I accidentally texted Todd Bowles instead of my landscaper Todd about doing weeding. Oh, jeez. So, that one was pretty funny anyway, as well. Yes. Oh, my God. Hold on. What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tune into the next oh, podcast to hear that one. That'll be the next story. All right. That's going to be it for Inside the Birds Radio. Uh, Billy Osborne, Adam Kaplan. I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks, for everybody, for watching and listening, and we'll catch you again next Wednesday, 8 o'clock.